Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 Podcast on Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I uh, asked you how you were doing before because yes. recording this one day after uh, the, the the very very excruciating playoff loss for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I told you. I told you beforehand. I was like, this is just feels like this might be like my worst Monday in a long time and it's not even only because of the cowboys it's just like right. it feels like just a bunch of things have gone wrong like i watched <laughs> baylor lose again yeah i think baylor losing again just kind of put me in a mood and then i watched i watched texas iowa state last night and that was a, just disgusting that was a, a bad game so a bad just, performance, all these sports losses are just starting to get to me i think that's what it is and LSU lost on Saturday. I was about to say LSU. So, so you've been like surrounded by like negativity, right? So I don't know what I'm going to say on this podcast. I, I might just I might become unhinged, but yeah. So plenty of uh, a good amount of stuff to talk about this uh, on this pod. Uh, we'll go around uh, the Big Twelve as always, doing what the Big Twelve does, just being weird. Then we'll uh, got some other schools: SMU, AM Corpus Christi, UTEP, women's talk about as well. But I think we can start with the Baylor loss mm-hmm. because now our Baylor bears have lost two in a row and yep. they've lost them to teams that they should not be losing to. And they lost them at home. So it's very concerning. They, they lose the Oklahoma state 61 to 54 and it was a game. I mean, 54 points from Baylor, right? Yeah. That's the, the thing that jumps out to you in the first half. I was 34 to 22. Um, I called you when I was headed back from the LSU game on saturday and i was like i was like ish what, what are you doing and you're like I, i'm i'm getting my eyes on the AM corpus christi game i wanted to wanted to see them but i'm like yeah. check the baylor score he's like well, hold on he goes over he's like oh my gosh and yeah i was like no you need to be watching this you need, we'll talk about AM corpus christi don't worry but this this baylor result is is needs to have our attention so uh, Baylor tries to come back. They cut it to two. Uh, they might have even tied it at one point. I don't remember. But mm-hmm. uh, they end up losing 61 to 54 and just did not look comfortable in any stretch of the game. Their best players didn't play well. And Oklahoma State's defense is really, really good. Yeah, I think they, they I think they cut it to one, I think was the closest they got in the second half. And uh, I think it should be noted that I think Akinjo went out. Uh, I think with like an injury or something uh, towards the end of the game. So he didn't finish. Um, they didn't have Jeremy Sochan. Um, but I, man, to me, I think this is an indictment of, I think the returning players, right? Like Adam Flagler goes, what, one of 10? Yeah. Like, what did he, what did he finish? Like, he was yeah, one, one of 10. 10. Uh, Matthew Mayer played solid, but I, I don't know. I, I think 
I'm looking at, let me see, I'm just trying to find Flo Thamba didn't play that well. I mean, he didn't score much. He's not much of a score, but um, Thamba Chachua didn't score much. And it's just like, okay, well, if you don't have a Kinjo, right, healthy, and even even if he, even if he came, played the whole game, um, he didn't play well. He didn't shoot well. Yeah. He was like one of eight, I think, or two, one of seven or something like that. Um, you should be looking at Adam Flagler. And it was instead it was LJ Cryer who kind of picked up the scoring load. And I don't know, it, it, this was, yeah, I, this puts the whole, is this team better discussion done? Like you could, you could look at the tech loss and be like, ah, oh, you know, kind of nitpick and kind of figure tech was kind of on a, on a weird, like wow. adrenaline kick and all that stuff and hot streak and, this nah man this this is this is concerning because <laughs> it, it looks like when this team does not have a kinjo they are a different team yeah i mean for adam adam flagler has he has to step up he has to be the number two he has to mm-hmm. be a number two that is playing at a national championship caliber level for this team at some point i mean yeah i don't think and the thing is and I've said it before, I feel like there's a lot more parity this year, obviously, than mm-hmm. last year. Last year was just Baylor, Gonzaga, Baylor, Gonzaga. Who's going to win it between those two? Yeah. Um, I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head who the third best team in the country was. It was it was Illinois and Michigan. So, like, right. no. This year, Baylor doesn't need – like, last year's Baylor team would just walk through this this the country right now. Mm-hmm. But still, even if it's not that level of Gonzaga they're going against, they need Adam Flackler to be – a Macy Oteague of last year, a Davion Mitchell of last year, because James Akinjo, you're right, has done everything for this team at this point. He's been forced to do everything. And in a game where he goes one of eight and he only plays 23 minutes, it was painfully obvious that oh, Baylor had no other option here. Matthew Mayer taking contested jumpers was their only other option. He hit a lot of them to, to his credit. He ended up six of uh, 13 from the field. But like in a game you have one block, four steals while Oklahoma state had five blocks, nine steals, like Oklahoma Mm -hmm. state's defense looked better than Baylor's defense. And this is, is, I don't want to say it's super concerning because I still believe in this team to obviously be the best team in the big, I mean, uh, Kansas and Kansas is right. I was about to say, is is that, is that even, is that really a talk right now? I mean, I I think one of obviously, but if the best team, as opposed to, you know, what we thought at the beginning of the year, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, Kansas. Let's see, where is where is Kansas and Ken Palm right now? Have they? Baylor's still number two in Ken Palm. Like yes. Ken Palm is still very much uh, optimistic on Baylor. Kansas is down to, is seven, which is still within like puncher's range. It's not like a big drop, but still. yeah. I mean, I, Kansas offense is has is better at this point. I mean, I just trust mm-hmm. their their weapons more in Agbaji. Um, Remy Martin, I like a lot of Jalen Wilson. I, I feel like they're a little bit more well-rounded. This isn't a Kansas podcast, but this is what B. Baylor's up against at this point. Right. You can't roll out here and sleepwalk games like you could maybe last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm concerned. I feel like they're going to be fine. They're going to be probably a one seed by the time tournament comes around. But the expectation that we had and just two weeks ago, I can't, we came on this podcast. We were talking about is is this year's team better than last year? We obviously denounced that. And we were like, no, but we kind of talked about the reason, right. And we kind of saw the reason was like the offense isn't as good. The shooting isn't as good. 
And that's kind of what's been the the story of these, of these losses is just the offense outside of James Akinjo. And then just like kind of overall, like they don't have that. I think the the one thing that, that this team, I want to say more than last year, kind of more than last year, to me, what struck me with this game is how different this team is when they don't get turnovers, right? When they're not forcing turnovers and getting things in transition and kind of pushing this team's very different. They, I believe they're 10th in the country in turnover percentage in terms of turnovers forced. Um, and this, they only, in Oklahoma state only had 11, like it wasn't a lot, you know? Um, and this is a team that's used to forcing like probably 15 plus. And I think this is, it definitely is, it feels like a different team when they're not getting those transition buckets or even just getting the defense on its heels, not necessarily getting fast break points, you know, but just kind of getting the defense, uh, 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 the opposition defense kind of going the other way. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about them. I mean, they, they're not they're They haven't blown people out this year, you know, good mm-hmm. teams. So I mean, besides Villanova, obviously, which is a good team. So when you get into these tight contests in the big 12 is a hell of a conference. Like I want to reiterate that again. We've, we've seen it top to bottom. We'll talk about Kansas state beating Texas tech here soon, but defensively to go through Texas tech, and Oklahoma State in back-to-back games. And then West Virginia is going to be a good defense as well. Like, it's 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 going to be a grind. And that's why last year was so unique because it didn't feel like a grind, right? It yeah. felt like every time they stepped on the field, on the court, they had three guards that could just score with anybody. They shot 41% from three. And you don't shoot 40-plus percent from three unless you're comfortable. This year, they're at 36.4% from three, which is fine. But it, you're going to lose some games whenever you're not perfect. And they were far from perfect. They were I, – I hadn't seen them that vulnerable in a long time, in a long, long time. So – and that's two losses in a row. I'm, I'm not going to say that the house is on fire or anything like that. I think they're going to be fine. They're going to roll off some wins, and we're all going to be like, okay, Baylor's fine. But are they going to end the conference play instead of 15-3? and three, Are they going to go 14-4, and 13 five in conference if they go 13 to five in conference they're, they're not getting a one seed kansas will get right. that one seed most likely so i'm i'm interested moving forward because they're gonna play kansas twice they have texas twice they have texas tech again um on the road texas tech this time so alabama on the road as well in that stretch so plenty of tough games and even the games that i didn't, didn't mention like i've like I said, the conference is really strong at this point with Oklahoma State again, Iowa State again. So, yep, yeah, I'm. I, I don't know how to. I'll. I'm not panicking. I'm not right. Not worried. Just a, a little, little cautious. At this point. Just, just a <laughs> little worried. worried. Not, not worried, but a little worried. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly how I should phrase it. Um, I watched Texas lose to Iowa State last night, and. <laughs> I just I don't know what to say at this point about. Texas. I was about to say like I, this team is kind of what it is. Um, they're not fun to watch offensively. I don't know. They're going to drop these frustrating games, and I think it is a little concerning that they've played arguably what four good teams this year and lost say, they, them all. I was going to say well Oklahoma. We give them one. Yeah, okay, five. Five and they've they lost five four. and they've yes. lost four. Yes. <laughs> right. So that, that's concerning to me, right? Like that that's a thing. And 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we mentioned that this team's ceiling is on the defensive end. And it's like, okay, well, I don't know. This team isn't built to be the elite Chris Beard defense to where like, yes, they're going to be winning games like 59, 50, 59, 55 every week. Right. They're going to, this team isn't, that isn't defensively isn't good enough. Right. That's my point. Right. I'm saying like, I don't think individually these guys are good enough defenders to win games. Like those tech teams were. Yes. Offensively, they should be better, obviously. But I think that the better when I when I mentioned before how their ceiling is on the defensive end, I think they can get better. But consistently winning games like that isn't, I don't think, in the DNA of this team. It's we we talked about that before the season. We we talked to that about that so early in the year where we're just like it feels like he went and got a bunch of offense talent and he's going to teach him how to play defense. Right, and they've tried. You you watch them. They they hustle. They I was give about to say they're not. It's not. Yeah, it's not like a. They're it's not, not like a want to. Oh, they're they're not giving up, man. They are fighting. But when you watch Iowa State, who is outside of the top one hundred in Kim Palm in offense, and if you watch, if you've watched any Iowa State this year, they they're not a good offense. They're not mm-hmm. consistent offense. And Iowa State goes out and puts up seventy nine on your head, and shoots ten and twenty three from three, and looks completely comfortable. Has no issues getting open shots. I mean, there were, uh, I always, they only turned the ball over 14 times. Uh, and Texas has 20 turnovers themselves. Like Iowa state's a better defense in Texas. Mm-hmm. They're the number four in the country in defense and they have more length. They have, they're more aggressive. And Texas was just like, they tried offensively to get Marcus Carr going. I thought they did a pretty decent job of it. Um, as far as just the looks that he got, even though he went four or 14, I thought the looks he got were fine. And I think it showed a little bit more of his, what he can do off the dribble, mm-hmm. but this team is just, they're, they're not going to win games. They're not, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it, but they're, they're I don't, I don't want to say they're not good. Cause they're clearly, they're good, but like, I don't trust them against any top 25 team in the country. And I don't even know if Iowa State's a top 25 team in the country, but like, right. There's, there's no reason why you go over there. You can't, you can't get shots up half the time, turn the ball over on 20 possessions and you only take 52 shots. Yeah. I don't know what percentage that is, but 20 out of 72 is, I think it, I mean, it goes back to like, it goes back to the Oklahoma state thing. It goes back to, um, I forgot what was the other, they had one of the other losses and they had Trey Mitchell, today as, as yeah yeah exactly they been missing well. Trey Mitchell he, played. he was back uh their other been... loss was to um Seton Hong Gonzaga sorry um but to me it goes back to the Oklahoma State loss where I mentioned in that one where it's like can this team win with a team that can get grimy right like can this team because like obviously that's how Chris Beard wants to play but like can this team out grime out scrap another team and it's like I Iowa State you know they're a great defense like you know I don't know if I don't know if they could win against in a, in a scrap fest. Right. Um, It's literally, it's literally that, (laughs) that uh, it's not a meme because it's an actual scene, but where Bane, you know, is like, you were born and you adopted this. I'm I'm right. Right. Exactly. Like, like I was saying, let's go. What do you mean? Like, (laughs) we're like, we're both top 10 defense in Ken Palm, you know, like this is nothing. Right. And yeah, it goes back to like the half court thing with Texas. Like they just look very uncomfortable in the half court. They're turning the ball over. They're not getting good looks. They're 
I don't know. It's, it's a lot of like late in the shot clock stuff or everything. Look like every shot they got was like a tough Andrew Jones look. It felt like every like good shot was still like Andrew Jones looking like he or Courtney Ramey looking like he needed to get a step back or something. And it's like, man, is, is this is this what y'all got? You know, it's, it, it was like a lot of the time we were just like, geez, even the Marcus Carr shots. Like, I agree. He he looked a lot better than he has in recent games. Still didn't shoot the ball great, but looked a lot better in terms of getting shots. But even then was like he had to kind of pull up in the lane and like with a hand maybe in his face. And that's kind of the tough shot maker he is. But it's just like, is that what y'all are generating, you know? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Iowa State, is, it's, you know, they're ranked 15th, but I don't know exactly if they're the 15th best team in the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, but, And it's just, an, you know, another disappointing loss. Similar to Texas, uh, Iowa State hasn't played many good teams this year. They played um, – uh, they beat Iowa, which is a good win. Um, but that was, I mean, every other good team, especially in the Big 12, aside from Tech, and that was a short, that was kind of a short man Tech, they lost to. Um, yep. so I don't know. Uh, yeah. it feels like Andrew Jones is is the guy at this point on this team, yeah, as, as offensively. It feels like they're mm-hmm. like relying on him to bail them out a lot more. Uh, Timmy Allen only scored eight points in 12 minutes, and he he, he picked up two fouls, so I turned the game on. Mm-hmm. And Timmy Allen picks a foul 16 seconds into the game. Like, oh, that's not good. And then he picks up a second foul on the inbounds right after that. So he picks up two fouls in 16 seconds and has to go sit down. Mm-hmm. And when Timmy Allen went to the bench, they uh, I think they brought on Brock Cunningham. And it was just like, all right, well, they're already starting at a deficit. They already don't have Timmy Allen on the court. Yeah. And you just can't win games where Timmy Allen scores eight, Bishop scores two, and Trey Mitchell scores seven. Like, you're Disu scores six. That, that their front court production has not been lived up, lived up to uh, our expectations of it. And now it just feels like Andrew Jones is having to save them because Iowa State was built for this and uh, they were comfortable. So then it's yep. not going to get easier as far as I mean. If we just go past Kansas State, they have Oklahoma State again. So this mm-hmm. is their next six games. Kansas State. Yeah. All right, sure. Oklahoma State. TCU. Tennessee, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Kansas. Oh, let me go keep going. Kansas Baylor. Like yeah. if you the TCU one, sure, they should win that. Uh Kansas State, yes, they should win that. Outside of that, you have Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Kansas Baylor. Find yeah. me, find me the wins. Find me the wins. I don't know. I At least know. the wins on paper, you know. Um, yeah. I, I... There, I mean, we talk we've talked a lot about this team because this team is so fascinating um in like how they're frustrating <laughs> and i yeah it's, it's not gonna it's not gonna go away like they're still gonna be just as fascinating if they lose or win like yeah i don't know it's, 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 we'll, it's we'll no it, it's it is ken palm currently has a record at 20 projected at 21 and 10 10 and 8 in conference which is not good. <laughs> that is a disastrous first year. If I'm if, with this supporting cast, if, if I'm, if, if in my opinion, I agree. I completely agree. Cause I mean, the experience we talked about um, yeah. a lot of these players won't be back next year. So you don't have the continuity. I mean, Jones, Jones, Ramey aren't going to be back next year. Right. I mean, mm. you lose those cars two and then prob- you lose cars. Probably not. I wouldn't be coming car- back from like if I'm Marcus Carr, my NBA stock has gone down. I'm leaving. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like I'm not gonna have another year of this. Like, and that's not a shot at Chris Beard or anything. But if I'm Marcus Carr, like I was averaging 19 points a game, and it's like, oh, 
Yeah, like, yeah. you know, the NBA scouts are going to be looking at my nine points a game being like, yeah, we'll still take Marcus Carr. I'll go, I'll go play at Alabama where I can just shoot. <laughs> well, I wasn't even saying like transfer. I was just going to say he was going to just go to the league. Go straight to the draft. Yeah, like I'm, saying, it's like, just, I'm just going to get paid. Like, I got to cash yeah. in. What do you mean? True. Very true. Very, very true. <laughs> uh, that's enough Texas, though, until their next loss or <laughs> next notable result. Or until they go on like a four-game win streak. Yep. Which they probably will now that we've said this. Uh, let's talk about the other great Big 12 team in Texas, uh, Texas Tech. Yes. They lost to an 0-4 Kansas State team <laughs> because basketball makes no sense. Yep. And we do a podcast talking about a sport that makes no sense, I guess. Uh, Kansas State ends about scoring Texas Tech 36-26 to in the second, second half mm-hmm. and just getting hot from three. Texas Tech's offense completely stalled out. Bryson Williams was the only one that could do anything. He scores 20 points. He's the only one in double figures. Davion Warren hit a few threes. That was good. But Terrence Terrence Shannon came back. Didn't really look like himself, really. Absolutely nothing. First Uh, game. (laughs) Santo Silva did nothing. Bacho did nothing. Um, Adonis Arms followed up that amazing performance with two points. And, yeah, Kevin McCuller, six points. So, ah. is this is this I is this I don't know what to make of this. I I thought this this kind of performance may I didn't think it would come against Kansas State, but yes, I thought felt this kind of performance was coming because they've been running so hot with such a small team, <laughs> and I felt like there was like a a hard break <laughs> coming where it's like hey, y'all have been playing seven deep for like a month, pumped you know like something like a wall was coming. I didn't think it would come against Kansas State. But I, I was I felt this kind of game was was coming where you're like, oh, you're right. This team has been running kind of on fumes for a while. So uh, I don't think, uh, you know, hopefully Terrence Shannon coming back gives them some more depth, gives guys more rotation because they did play about nine, eight or nine guys in this game. Hopefully everybody coming back finally starts to get this thing going again, because we mentioned Texas it's not getting easier for them. They got Iowa State, West Virginia, Kansas coming up in their next three games. So, yeah, the Big 12 is. The Big 12, and then they have Mississippi State after that. I'm glad they have an SEC Big 12. Yeah, uh, I like I like that. Texas has Tennessee, Tech has Mississippi State. Like that's a which I just realized is that the first time Texas is gonna play Rick Barnes. It might be. I I, sincerely, I, I, I just now caught There's on. There's no that. way it's the first time though. It feels like I think so. Like, no, I'm Barnes has been there for like six, seven years at this point. Uh, I'll have to look that out, but I feel like that's right. Damn. Well, there you go. There y'all have it. Yeah. LSU plays a, plays a and Oh, we just, we're going to have a great time. Oh, I'm sorry. Plays TCU. Duh. A&M's in the SEC. They play TCU <laughs> uh, in that. I wonder who got left out of that from the SEC side. Definitely uh-huh. like, definitely like Georgia and Missouri. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking like that maybe the East Coast teams maybe got left out of it maybe. since it's big full. But regardless, uh, Texas Tech, I don't have anything crazy to say on them yeah, I no, just kind of i think you made a great point it kind of looked like they hit a wall finally after all these crazy wins honestly if i can be honest i thought the wall was going to be i thought the wall was going to be oklahoma state right after they beat uh baylor mm-hmm. i thought they were mm-hmm. just going to fall flat but they played at home and they end up just smoking oklahoma state so when they did that i was like maybe we might yeah. have we might have something here and then the wall actually was a little further down the road. Came so. against the worst team. <laughs> yes. Came against an 0-4, the worst team in the Big 12, somehow. <laughs> so, uh, SMU. 
Yes. SMU. You watched SMU beat Tulane. They yeah. Beat Tulane, right? Okay. That was yes. They beat Tulane. That was so. I, I I hadn't sat and watched a full SMU game all year, and so I was like, oh, let me let me check this out. And also, I forgot that Ron Hunter, formerly of Georgia State, was head coach at Tulane still. So I was like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. So I wanted to check him out and. I like a lot of I, – I really do like this team. I still think Zach Nuttall is still getting used to playing a secondary role. He's kind of been – you know, some of the SMU fans on, on Twitter were kind of like he's kind of been the most disappointing – understandably been the most disappointing addition so far. Um, I still think it might be better for him to come off the bench. I, I, he just looked – a lot of the shots he's missing because he's getting a lot of the good looks. Like Kendrick Davis is hitting him in, 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 in the corner and like – on the wing and he's getting a lot of good looks. He's just not hitting him. And I think that it's just weird for him to be a spot up guy in a lot of ways. And so um, I came away impressed with uh, Emmanuel Bandamel a lot. Um, I hadn't really paid that much attention to him this year. This team still goes through Kendrick Davis though. Like he was seven of 10 from three, him and Jalen cook for uh, LSU transfer went to Tulane just had basically it was just one-on-one felt like for most of this game. And I like that SMU has uh, another, like if Kendrick Davis went off in this game, but it still looked like they had more options than Kendrick Davis, right? Manuel Bandamel was there. The Weathers brothers both contributed with double digits and Tristan Clark there defensively was really good. Like he had two blocks and he kind of, uh, I think one of them was on Jalen cook and he looked, he looks, he looks very spry. So I just like the makeup of this team, even though, you know, at least until Zach Nuttall gets going, if he gets going, it's going to be a lot more Kendrick Davis doing what he did last year. But I feel like that's more of this season. It's more of an indication of just how good he is as opposed to him needing to do everything. If that that's, makes sense. That's a good, no, that's a good point. That's a really good point. So what are they now in, in conference? They're now one, two, three, four and one, four and one. I believe I'm looking yeah. at that. Correct. And mm-hmm. they've won. They've only lost one game since November 22nd. To this yeah. point, that was that Cincinnati loss on the road. Um, they're they're climbing up in Ken Palm. They're up to sixty eight now. I think those those early season losses against Missouri, look, yeah, I mean Loyola Marymount, even Oregon, getting yeah. blown up by them, don't look good. But since then, wins over Vanderbilt, wins over Dayton, UCF, now Tulane, uh, solid results. We'll see what they look like on on Thursday against Memphis. Is that at home? No, it's on the road. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see if we were, so we're about to talk about AM Corpus Christi, both men's and women's. We'll probably do the same with SMU men's and women's uh, this weekend um, because SMU women are, of course, uh, on a, I believe, a five game win streak. They got UCF coming up this week. Of course, uh, SMU men has, we've talked about the AAC and kind of who are the teams in that. And so we'll kind of know what the men are in the AAC this week after Memphis. So we'll probably do like a good deep dive on them. Um, on this weekend's episode. So yeah, I'll, I'll throw something out a left field here before we move on. Okay. Uh, can you guess where UTSA ranks in Kim Palm right now? Men? Oh, oh, well, you, just, you, you just, you just, just had to just take a guess. I, uh, I three. Cannot... There's only 358 teams in the country for those wondering. 320. You are close. 325. Oh, okay. 325. Yeah, they they lost lost seven straight against teams that are like actual division one teams. They'd be a division two team or whatever. By the way, uh, 
they are 357th in effective field goal percentage. Steve Henson's an offensive coach, by the way. Look at this. Man. <laughs> I, I've, I've never seen, I've never seen, I can almost say confidently, very confidently. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a conference USA team under 300 in Ken Palm before. I'll, I'll look it up later to sure, sure, this, sure. but I, I don't remember ever seeing one below 300. And yeah. they are 325. Southern Miss is 311 for what's yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's a Texas podcast. Like last year, they're, Middle Tennessee was 306. Okay. So let's see if we get any at like 300. None the year before. None the year before. 308. This is the worst. This is the worst Conference USA team maybe ever. Like the the North Texas team, my freshman year, when they were like 2 and 16 in conference and they were got off when they fired Tony Benford. Right. It's 320th. This this team is worse than that. So, anyways. This they got they got UTEP coming up this week twice twice um, and I, I don't I don't I don't I don't see where their wins are. FIU is pretty bad. We'll see. Yeah. That's true. FIU is pretty bad. So, uh, I mean, Southern Miss is also bad. They lost to them, but like you know, that was a one point game. So I don't know. time ago, anything could happen. Sure. It was on that foul call. Remember, it was the foul call. If they if they <laughs> if they call the foul, who knows how the season's going at this point? By the way, UTEP. Uh, awesome win over ODU. Uh, yeah. over time, I was I was afraid they were gonna blow that game. They they gave it like a 15-0 run to close out. Um, and win it overtime. But Sule, boom, twenty eight points. There he is. There's the dude. Fine. Showing, um, up. showing up. So good. Uh, uh, good for them. Real quick. Uh, yeah. before we get to, we'll say AM and Corpus Christi for for the end. Uh, UTEP women's basketball. Quick update on them because. Uh, I think they are probably still the favorites in at least in the conference in the west side of conference USA. They're probably the best team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Old Dominion 53-48, which is a big win because Old Dominion is a good team. Uh, however, they did lose to Charlotte right before that. They're now two and two in conference play. But with all these the COVID postponements, I feel like they're kind of coming coming to an end in the women's side. But there was that stretch of like two weeks where in the women's game they were just like half the games getting canceled. So all right. Uh, hopefully, I think I think a lot of Conference USA games are actually getting made up today. So mm-hmm. we'll see, they're going to continue to kind of make those up as they go. But they're two and two right now. Uh, UTEP's kind of middling. Uh, North Texas kind of middling. Rice has not looked great. UTSA has struggled severely. So those are the four Conference USA teams in in Texas on the women's side. They're not. And uh, lastly, I think on the women's side, before we get to Corpus Christi, uh, Tech looking good. Still looking yeah. solid. Um, <laughs> Can we even say that we they they were one and three, and now they they're two and three, and they've beaten two really good teams. Looking solid, looking solid. That's all <laughs> I can say. You know, looking solid. I don't know because like I don't know what you I don't know what you take from that. You know, like you mentioned that that's such a stark contrast. But uh, like, if, I don't know, I, I I'm still optimistic about this team. Um, if they can stay healthy, which is like. I feel like the biggest asterisk in the world because considering this team hasn't stayed healthy, um, uh, that's it's, uh, to me. I don't know. That's 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 the game right there, right? Is if they can stay healthy. So yeah, I mean, well, maybe they just need to play ranked teams every time. <laughs> every they time got, <laughs> they got Baylor and Iowa State in like two weeks, so they right. just have to get through TCU and Kansas games. Still, I guess they'll probably lose at this point and then go and beat the other two. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, but that's. 
go to AM Corpus Christi. I think that's all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go to AM Corpus Christi. You can you can start us off there with wherever you want to. Okay. So yeah, we talked a little bit about uh we've talked a little bit about Steve Lutz and what he has going. Um uh what he has going there at um uh Corpus Christi. First year head coach, obviously uh coming from Purdue, um, was a strong recruiter, I believe, from uh in Purdue and uh at Creighton before. I thought it was a good move. I thought it was a you know a good move to kind of get a strong recruiter in there. Corpus Christi is a team that they're at least on the men's side traditionally was kind of a decent mid-major, right? They weren't like a, a SF, SFA or anything, but they were always kind of they were uh, kind of just below that tier in the Southland yeah. uh, historically. And so, of course, naturally, I think moving on from Willis Wilson was a good move. And they bring in uh, Steve Lutz, and we kind of didn't really know what to expect from them, right? They kind of had a a weirdly veteran team. I think we mentioned where it's like, okay, there's a lot of seniors and juniors, not really much you can build from here, but I kind of understand it now. They're sitting at, what is it? 14 and four uh, overall in the year. And I think the the plan was screw it. Let's contend. (laughs) Let's just, let's just go out and contend in the Southland. Um, And it's been impressive so far. They, their only losses to nickel state, which to me, I think is the other kind of contender in the Southland right now. Um, but they they've beaten and beaten pretty convincingly Northwestern state, McNeese state and incarnate ward. I, I don't know. I think this might be like, we, we talked about the Southland beginning of the year where it's like, I don't know what this, you know, I don't know who to expect what, what's going to happen here. Who's going to be a good team or not. I think Corpus Christi is. And I think Steve Lutz has done a great job there. They're, uh, let me see if I can find it. Their second in turnover percentage right there uh 10th get so here's the interesting thing about them when i was watching because i saw i went back and watched the nickel state game which they lost um and i saw a little bit of their game against um uh, uiw which of course they won they force a lot they're defensively they press they pressure a lot they also foul a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of the double-edged sword with this team is they're a team that is very aggressive and I think I think that's something that's really coachable in terms of just being really active on defense. And because of that, they force a lot of turnovers. But also because of that, they are one of the – I think they give up one of the uh, highest foul rates in the country. And that's kind of what hurt them against Nichols. Nichols got to the line a lot. Um, but also, if you're playing teams that you feel like you're better than, like an incarnate word – you're going to make their life hell and you're just going to kind of, you know, force things. I think, yeah, see the free throw discrepancy was nuts in nickel state. They both basically had 30 free throw attempts, yeah. <laughs> both teams. Well, the they thing is the line I'm, I'm, and they foul a lot. Yeah. I'm looking at it. Uh, they rank as far as like points distribution. Yeah. Um, they get almost 20, 24% of their points from the free throw line, which is fourth in the country. And yeah. then they allow, opponents to get 23% of their points from the free throw line, which is 13th in the country. Yeah. So it's like they're, uh, they're allowing a lot of free throws and they're getting to the free throw line a lot. I think it's a, it's player, a high risk, high, it's a high risk, high reward, right? Exactly. One player that I'll, I'll speak on the player that I, cause I watched the first half against you incarnate word, but I'm not going to, I don't want to, uh, you know, act like I've followed them the entire season. Sure. One, one, one player I know though, is Jalen Jackson from mm, North Texas. formerly in North Texas. Yeah. He went over there after spending a couple years at, at UNT. And the one thing I know about Jalen Jackson is he's 
he was one of the better defenders in all the conference USA when he was at North Texas. And mm-hmm. so I can imagine, and I, I saw him, uh, he starts obviously for, for this team. He is a great defender for, for this team. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where I think it starts. You get someone like that. He's a great kid. He's a great mm-hmm. leader. You bring him in. He has a couple of years of experience winning championships. He knows what it takes. He knows what uh, gets it done. You bring a guy like that in there. And I feel like it expedites things because he's not there for a rebuild. You know, he's there to win right now. He's there as a junior. He's like, I've sat for two years right. winning championships. I want to win championship as a starter now. And defensively, he's incredible. So uh, I, I haven't looked at his offense numbers yet. I think I saw he was averaging seven a game roughly, which is perfectly fine. But mm-hmm. um, and yeah, 23 minutes a game, averaging 7.2 points, shooting 81% from the, from the free throw line. Uh, still not shooting three great, but 40% from the field. So, yeah, a guy like that tells me a lot of what I need to know about this team um, and their success. Yeah, and I think that the other thing looking at – one of the other things that stood out to me is they're kind of a – they're a high – high octane is kind of the wrong word to put it, but they're – I believe they're top 50 in tempo, and they play like a 10-man rotation. They're deep, like – and I don't mean like – Oh, a couple of guys play like five minutes, like 10 people play like double digits on this team. You know, um, I think, let me see, Ra- Jordan Roberts is like just outside of that at nine. So like they could go 11 deep. And so I think, again, that goes to like, I think they've established kind of a high octane um, uh, uh, system where they're going to press, they're going to pressure you heavy on defense, try to force turnovers, you know, probably risk sending you to the line if it doesn't work out some games, which, you know, it's, it's not going to every game. Um, but they're going to double you up probably on the turnover battle, right? They're going to probably get you to force, especially in the Southland, where again, they are probably one of the more experienced teams just based off of the players they brought in. They can force 20 turnovers. If they can just hold on to the ball themselves and, or get to the line, they're going to kind of win out just based off math. Um, and so I, I don't know. It's been, there've been a fascinating case study of like, Usually when a coach comes in, you know, oh, you got to build, you know, you got to get your guys in, you got to, you know, kind of get some freshmen in, maybe get some sophomores, underclassmen, and you kind of lose right away. And well, unless you're, you know, power five, whatever, yeah. that's what you got to kind of do. And Steve Lutz has kind of gone the opposite way. He's like, no, I'm going to get dudes that know how to play. And I'm just going to try to coach them in a, I don't want to say easily coachable, but like, you know, uh, you, you can coach aggression, right? You can coach effort. Um, so I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's pretty remarkable that we were kind of like, uh, I don't know, Corpus Christi. I like the head coach, but you know, I don't know what this team really is to all of a sudden being like, is this team the favorite to win the Southland, you know, outside of Nichols, probably, I think. Yeah. The, the only team, I mean, their losses this year have come to A&M. Uh, Minnesota, Notre Dame, and Nickel State. Those are their mm-hmm. four losses. And they're all by – well, besides the a and loss, the mm-hmm. other ones have been by 9, 8, and 10. Yeah. So they've been in every game. They've beaten UTRGV twice, which we look at RGV as a pretty solid team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've smoked UTSA, not to pile on UTSA anymore, but they <laughs> that. Um, and the rest of their, their schedule, I mean – you got a lot of teams that are beatable. Southeastern is another team that's in the top 300 in Ken Palm that looks formidable. New Orleans, 
is also a good team. And then Nichols, you play two more times. So yeah, I'm looking at, uh, I'm trying to find. So they're the one thing that I, I think is really interesting too, is that they're a good, they're a pretty good shooting team, like from three. And so they're not just, obviously they get to the line a lot. Isaac Mashila, I think is, or sorry. Um, yeah, no, Isaac Mashila is one of their, uh, one of the top guys at getting to the free throw line, like in the country. It's kind of wild how he's already shot over a hundred free throws. Mm-hmm. Um, and Travian Tennyson and Simeon Fryer, I believe, are all over. Let me see. Da, 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 da. Yeah, Mashilla's fifth in the country in free throw rate. By the yeah, way. exactly, which is nuts. Um, but Tennyson, but they're also a good like shooting team. So they're not just like, hey, we got to get to the line, you know, because we can't shoot or so, you know, because their offense is bad. No, like Tennyson, Travian Tennyson and Simeon Fryer, both 39, 42% from three. Um, my, uh, Miles Smith is 30% from three. Obviously, he's not that great, but they have threats basically is what i'm saying yeah um and so yeah i i don't know this they're such a they're such a fascinating team and uh i think it's predicated on one experience like you mentioned bringing in guys like uh jalen jackson to 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 just be kind of a steady ship at point guard and kind of initiate the defense from that end and then the offense on the other end but it's also steve lutz doing a, just a pretty damn good job right now <laughs> um yeah. Turn, turning them from last year, for context, they ranked 344th in the country, just in Kempom. They were 344th, <laughs> and this year they're 255. Yeah. That is a massive, massive. They're proje- Right now they're projected over 20 wins, like, yeah. which is nuts considering what were they last year? They Five were and 19. 5 and 19. <laughs> like, you're sure we can throw the Astros. Oh, it's a new Southland. But like, what, what does that matter to them? Like, this is the schedule they got. Like, I don't know what you want them to do. No, the, um, this, I don't know. I'm impressed. I mean, they, they, they lost to RGV twice last year. Like we've, we've, they lost to Incarnate Word last year. They lost to all the teams that they are beating right now last year. Like, yes, they mm-hmm. don't have to play ACU and SFA, but right. they lost to the other teams that are still there in conference. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, hell, last year, three of their wins were against non-Division one teams, like right. D2 or, or NAIA teams. Yeah. So they only had two wins over actual teams. So, no, it's it's an incredible turnaround. And like you said, a Corpus Christi has been good in the past, and so there's no reason they, they shouldn't be good. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm looking at, like, 2016, they were 28-5-8. Uh, 2017, they were 24-12. and 12. So it's it's possible there. So they figured it out. Yep. Uh, All right. Do we got anything else? Uh, not on the men. Not really. No, I think that's, I mean, that if you haven't watched this team, go check them out. You know, they're going to, I think they're going to be favored in most of their games. Um, I Aside from, like I said, that Nichols rematch, I think coming up in another month, uh, New Orleans is also pretty solid, but they're again, I don't think they're, they're not going to get blown out by any of these teams, right? They're going to win or lose close or whatever. Like, and I, th- I just think they're a really fascinating. They're a fun team to watch too. They really get out in transition. They really press you on defense. And um, you mentioned it, Jalen Jackson. He's kind of he's kind of this year's Reggie Miller a little bit, a little bit because mm-hmm. Reggie Miller obviously was like on another, on another level defensively last year. But he's like uh, he he he's really fun to watch, and you can see why. You know, pl- co- he goes from a program like a, a North Texas where it's like you know what. I can play defense here. It's like, ah, I could, I could start here. I could maybe, you know, Amazon, I'm just going to go dominate in the Southland, just like absolutely make uh, opposing players life hell. So you, uh, you gave me an idea or we're, we're going we oh, to start a uh, Reggie Miller award 
every <laughs> for an undersized guard that we love because of his defense. Let's, let's go. Jalen so, Jackson, the 2022 candidates. <laughs> All right, we, we do not have candidates. Okay. We, we, we will get other candidates here. Don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> get like a JJ Murray from North Texas. Oh, okay. Six, six feet and under. Yes. And we, we love because <laughs> yes. of the defense. So there you go. There's the first award. Uh, in our postseason, there's a, a preview. Okay, I'm gonna come up with like five of them. I love it. I love this right now. All right. Um, you want to touch, uh, talk about the women real quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, Justin Carter did a good, uh, really good article. I so uh, go check it out. I so spotlight where he basically asked some a similar question that we asked about the men, which is could the Corpus Christi women win the Southland? And I think he said more or less, yeah, like. It's kind of interesting with them because we've talked about, you know, COVID cancellations and things like that. They've had, they've been hit hard by uh, um, COVID cancellations as well, but um, they've kind of, they basically play, it's weird. They're scared. They basically play UIW and Houston Baptist a bunch. Like, as not, as like they played them as non-conference games. So that's right. Like they've only played one conference game at this point and it was against UIW who they just beat twice. Right, they, they played, played them three times in a row. It is very weird, right? It's very weird. Um, but with that being said, they look pretty solid, right? Like I think Alicia Westbrook, his article kind of talks about uh, Alicia Westbrook being kind of one of the unsung heroes in the state so far, which is like she's basically top percentile in almost like every statistical category, like nationally. Like it's wild, right. like. She's uh, her per her minutes per 40, like everything is like either 60 percentile or above, um, even reaching to like she plays like some of the most minutes in the country. She's her assists per game for a forward, her rebounds. Like I think she's let me see. She's 99th percentile in defensive rebounds per game and 98th percentile in offensive rebounds per game. She is absolutely on another level right now and i think this is a team that sneakily could it's weird because like again they got to play somebody else (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you know if this is the schedule that they have so far you can only judge them on what they've what they've done um and it all kind of starts with alicia westbrook and how she kind of she's impressive with how she can go in transition she's obviously can get inside and 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 score in the post but she can kind of handle the ball a little bit too and so i don't know i think this is another fascinating team and it it kind of goes back to the the entertainment aspect of this new southland conference where it's like i don't know who the contenders are right and so seeing a team like this you're saying okay well can this team win the southland i was like well i don't know why they can't (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, you you laid it all out perfectly uh, to me. It's still to this point, we haven't seen them against these other teams, McNeese, Southeastern, Northwestern State, New Orleans. But mm-hmm. I mean, you laid it all perfectly to me. I, I, I'm interested to see how they can uh, put together and if they can uh, go on a run here. But there's still a lot of, especially these first game. I mean, if there's no more postponements, thankfully, I, I don't think. But we still right. got two months here where they're going to have to play um, a lot of teams from across the, across the conference before we get yeah. to the tournament. So we'll see how they yeah. fare. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, no, I'm just going to say watch out for both these teams. I mean, you know, this is – we we talk a lot about, obviously, about 
the Big 12 because there's a lot of Texas teams and it's probably in in honestly in both conferences or both men's and women's well maybe not women's this year maybe the SEC is kind of taking them over a little bit um you know they're the best conferences in the country you typically have men's and women's so there's a reason why we talk a lot about them but you know we're gonna especially with these teams that maybe are a little bit more under the radar we'll probably start doing a little bit more of these deep dives I mentioned SMU um, probably coming next. Um, but check these teams out when you can, you know, their games are usually on ESPN plus. Um, I will say for as much as we talk about the big 12, I wish their games were a little bit more accessible. <laughs> Sometimes they are. Um, luckily the Southland and conference USA typically and Sunbelt, all these, they're all accessible because they're usually on ESPN plus, but, uh, yeah, check them out. I mean, like I said, Alicia Westbrook is kind of underratedly having a pretty impressive season uh, down there in Corpus. So, uh, yeah, we need a, yeah. And it helps, you know, when these, these teams like in the big 12 play other Texas schools, like we get Texas on Texas on ESPN. Sure. Sure. Easily accessible. Um, That's all. That's all I got. That's all Mm -hmm. uh, we got for y'all today. I will say uh, one thing I was just closing tabs and Texas really threw out Tristan Lacone, out there or like like and i don't know how to say his name uh i don't know so you didn't you didn't see the iowa state game right no i didn't did they threw out i mean i, I saw replays of it but i didn't see beard threw out uh late in not late in the second half probably midway in the second half he threw out tristan lacone and avery benson okay lacone is this 5 10 5 11 dude he's got like a shirt on under the jersey and everything like that clearly a walk-on just 100 yeah. like stereotype walk-on him and then avery benson he threw him out together out there to try to give him a spark and that's when i knew the game was over i was like they have no hope in hell <laughs> sorry Devin oh, ask what you. they do to you man what those <laughs> sorry what those Devin ask you sit down we need tristan lacone out there <laughs> And no, Lacone and them did 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 all right. They were fine. They were cool. But uh, yeah, no, no, that was just when I knew the game. <laughs> Anyways, thought I'd bring it up. Oh man, see, this is if, if we if we uh if we get hate mail, just send it to Matt Bruni. Hey, Tristan Lacone, man, he keeps playing. Keeps playing that way. He'll be in the the Reggie Miller Awards uh finalist. You know what? That's very that's very true. That's very true. Hey, five ten. He gives giving it all out there. He played eleven minutes. I don't know what his plus minus was, but let me just. Oh say, yeah. One. By the way, uh, go ahead. No, finish your thought on on Tristan. Uh, yeah. Last thing I'll say uh is Marcus Carr never looked more confident on the court than when Tristan Lacone was on the court next to him. He's like, oh, I got to get this shot up, man. I'll step back three. He was shooting the ball. So He's like, I am passing the ball. To might, might need to start Tristan Lacone moving forward here. Uh, uh, one score we did miss. Um, Baylor barely, Baylor women barely beat Kansas. 82-79. I watched the first quarter of that as I was in the presser waiting for Kim Mulkey to come out for LSU. Yep. And I was like, uh, yep, let's see. Can you, can, let's play the game. Let's play the game of uh, how many players did you think Baylor <laughs> played today? Oh God. I, in theory, it should be seven. Is it seven? There's no it's way. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Because <laughs> it, it alternates between six or seven. So I saw a lot of Bickle. Bickle was out there a lot when I was yeah. watching. Yeah. Um, I was just well, like, cause, uh, Actually, I don't even know why, because uh, it wasn't uh, Queen Agbo wasn't in foul trouble, so I don't know. I don't know. I watched the first half. I think. They, oh, I think. I think they were just going big. If I'm being honest. Okay. Yeah. So I I saw it, but I was like half typing it as I was watching. But yeah, that was just. It looked like another Baylor game where they just 
I, I just, they don't play with the force that I'm, I, I'm used to watching them with anymore. And I think I've said that before, but like, yeah, I, it is a lot of it's coaching, but yeah, they just don't play with that force that you're used to Baylor playing with where they're like, they're there. Like that's they got a good, they got a good guard game. Jamie Asbury and uh, Andrews combined for 45. So I was like, okay, well there's something, but maybe there's yeah. not, I, I thrown out a bunch of formulas for maybe Baylor winning. I'm like, you know, well, Melissa Smith's going to get hers and you need the guards to play. Well, maybe there's just not a, f- a clear formula for this team. Maybe they're just I don't know. what they are. At this Kansas point. shot 50% from the floor. There's, there's no, there's no force. Kim there. Mulkey like had an aneurysm when she probably read that stat line somewhere, <laughs> somewhere all the way in Baton Rouge. She's, she's just like, her head, she just started having a migraine for no reason. She's like, what? is happening why is why do i get the sense that kansas is whipping our butt in the paint i'm not even there anymore our butt she's still there uh spiritually yeah exactly it's still our but you know it's, it's basically a feral center is basically the house that kim mulkey built so yeah. meanwhile mulkey's over here talking about uh like reference she references at least one song from like the 80s oh in of course every press conference here so it's been like hey you know that do you know that and i just have to like no, no, I don't know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, this one was the the squirrel man. I, I'll tell you off. The, I don't even remember what it was. But <laughs> the Mississippi squirrel revival. That's the song. I'll man, that sure. That's what she All brought right. up. She she was like, I I, I don't want to get any. Complaints. Listen, there there could there could be some uh, there can be some Gen X or, or some boomers listening to this where they're like, oh, they don't know. <laughs> listen i'm a millennial Bruni's what are you borderline millennials gen z i don't young know what you're young as hell yeah like i don't I, I, we don't know that one man <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you don't worry she's like i'll google it make sure you google it <laughs> and like her toying was like yeah amazing uh, anyways all right uh check us out on twitter uh check out all the content at textbasketball.com we can check out justin and ish's uh writing as well um, on Twitter, we are at DCT Basketball. Ish on Twitter is at Ishmael R. Johnson. I'm at Matthew Bruni underscore. You can leave us a five star rating and review on Apple. Leave us a five star rating on Spotify as well. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll talk to y'all later.